3: What's that
4: book you've been reading about? It's about heroes who get to go on adventures. Defeat the monsters. And save the dead. Those little boy from the south side of Chicago, the only tourists that get to do that.
2: This story is about my father. And the secret birthright that's been kept from us. you
1: going after it. We're going to need the car. He's there, this is family business we family stay together Back for I'm scared for myself just because they don't
4: want you here doesn't mean you're not supposed to be just gotta get away
0: this is an invitation to unmitigated power
3: Where in the hell did I go wrong with you boy? I told you to stay away from that damn place there's something here Just trying to get out. Everything is where and as it should be. From God to man to creature.
1: I'm doing this
2: to protect us. You can't win this game. They setting up for you to play. This legacy belongs to our family.
0: We gotta face this new world. Instinct claim claiming it.
3: This is our family story.
2: fellow galactic travelers and welcome back to planet eight this is your mission commander larry speaking to you from our hidden base chief engineer bob is here by my side as always in the command center and circling planet eight in our orbital spy satellite is reconnaissance officer karen and on this episode of planet eight we have our very special friend and special guest of planet eight Lord Bloodraw himself, in the flesh, joining us today as we discuss Lovecraft Country, the HBO Max TV series that had such elements of intrigue and horror. Some of us almost didn't get through the entire series. Straight away, let's kick (laughs) it up to the satellite, Karen. No, just kidding. Lord Lord Bloodraw, it is fantastic to have you on the show again. Thank oh, you for being here today,
1: my loves and ladies. It's always an honor to be here on Planet Eight. I see the uh, the vinyl forest is in full bloom. It's wonderful. <laughs> All the kaiju monsters are are coming up quite nicely, and it, it's it's always just a thrill to be here. Thank you for having me.
3: <laughs> Welcome well, back. Well,
1: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh,
2: l- let me ask you guys now. Um, I, I, we were talking a little before the show, Karen. Uh, had some problems with with the uh, certain episodes of the show with the gore and the blood. And let me tell you, listeners, we are gonna spoil the heck out of this series. so we're we're gonna be diving deep. We're gonna be going into details. We're gonna go into character arcs. um we're we're gonna talk about the finale, uh, the season finale. So if you have not watched all the episodes of Lovecraft Country, Fair warning. This is this is it. We're going to go in. So um, let me ask you, Karen, because I think out of all of us, you're the one. uh, Did you read the book or you have the book?
0: I read the book uh, last summer. Okay. You know, it it was one of those books that was on my radar for a while. Um, It had been highly touted, (laughs) uh, highly reviewed. And so uh, it, it was something I was meaning to read. You know, it, it looked interesting. Of course, I had read Lovecraft stories, uh, you know, as a kid growing up and in my early 20s and stuff. I haven't really revisited it in, in a while, any of the Love, H.P. Lovecraft works. But it was intriguing. So uh, then when I heard, oh, they're going to make a, an HBO series, I thought, well, I kind of want to read this before I see the series. Of course, that's always a little dangerous because you never know if – you read the book, then you may be let down by the, the show, but uh, I went ahead yeah. and read it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's an interesting book. I would recommend it to anybody. The guy, what, what was also intriguing about it is the author, uh, Matt Ruff actually wrote it with the intention of trying to sell it to TV. Huh. So it reads like a series of vignettes. Um, you know, it's they're all interconnected, but it's not one long story. It's it's several uh, small stories with the same characters throughout.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So in in that sense, it's very much like the TV series, but uh, it the show diverges quite a bit from the book okay. um, in not only some of the characters, but also the overall arc of the the TV series is quite different from the book once you get past probably the first initial episodes but i, I don't want to ruin the book for anybody
2: <laughs> right if right. anybody
0: wants to go and read it i would still say it's a it's a worthwhile experience
2: well lord bloodraw let me ask you um your first um experience with with hp lovecraft was it a, a book a short story um how, how did you come across before obviously the series
1: Oh well, before even realizing that it was H.P. Lovecraft, it it had to be one of the movies. Mm-hmm. It had to be uh, either uh, the Dunwich Horror, the uh, the nineteen seventies uh, version of that, or the Haunted uh, Palace, mm-hmm. which uh, you know was supposedly in the Poe line of uh, Vincent Price, uh, Roger Corman films, but was yeah. actually based on a, a Lovecraft story. The Strange case of uh, I've forgotten the
0: oh. strange case
1: of someone, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <Dr. laughs> anyway, it's a Lovecraft story. But then, when I realized, oh, these, these are Lovecraft stories, I read Call of Cthulhu mm. and just immediately got hooked and uh, tried to read as much Lovecraft as I can. Amazing, amazing author who, oddly enough, has become controversial. This many mm-hmm. years later because of his racism and xenophobia. Mm-hmm. So I found it interesting that this that this show, uh, you know, with, with a primarily black cast called itself Lovecraft Country. I like that. I like that kind of twist. Um, yeah. Love Lovecraft has become, like I say, controversial for his racism. And some people have even tr- said, well, I, you know, have not, have refused to read Lovecraft and kind of gives him a stigma. I don't think H.P. Lovecraft could have written the stories that he wrote and taken the tack that he did with his horror if he wasn't a raging xenophobe.
3: Mm-hmm. Cuz
1: it's all about what his horror is, they the outside, the non, well for him non me, anything outside of <laughs> Providence, <laughs> Rhode Island to him was right. evil. You yeah, know. So but the the non me coming to get me coming to to mm-hmm. to change society to destroy society to infect my blood even in in a lot of the episodes a lot of the stories that H.P. Lovecraft wrote ends up with the outsider actually infecting the physical body mm-hmm. uh his xenophobia was at the heart of of Lovecraft of, of H.P. Lovecraft's literature and to call this the book and then the series love lovecraft country i found that as kind of a a a spin on that entire thing that it takes that that racism and xenophobia and totally turns it on its head in this in this series yeah i agree with you on that um it 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 did turn it on its head
2: Mm. let's check in with our chief engineer bob Uh, your earliest recollection of uh of hp lovecraft
4: You know, I was never really a Lovecraft fan or reader or whatever. So, hey, I guess it's this series. But, um, you know, I'd heard of Lovecraft and Cthulhu and the whole thing. Um, In fact, I did pick up uh, a book from Barnes & Noble that had a bunch of the Lovecraft stories all collected in a book. So I will be reading it at some point. I was very impressed by the series. I'll definitely say that.
1: I'll tell you just real quick. After reading like a lot of Lovecraft, Uh, mm -hmm. Godzilla: King of the Monsters is, in a lot of ways, a Lovecraftian story. (laughs) So, trying
4: to appeal to me that way, huh?
1: Oh yes, oh yeah. Use that that as your as your in to H.P. Lovecraft. There's a lot of Lovecraftian (laughs) lore going on in it. All right, well,
4: I will definitely (laughs) check it out. I was very impressed by the series and just the fact. Not only that it was a good series, but the fact that they were willing to tackle some of the themes and some of the concepts that they did. You know, they could have just said it in modern times and had it a horror story. But taking it back to the 50s, and they even, I think, go to back to like 1921 at one point, mm-hmm. um, that was pretty daring. And I, I don't think a lot of people want to even acknowledge that era. Or what happened during that era, let alone base a series on it. But I will say, you know, I got to say, I think uh, real first impressions are like Atticus had some really cool shirts. (laughs) 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 He got to wear all the The, cool shirts. The
0: wardrobe is really striking. I have to say that the overall design of the show, the wardrobe, Mm. um, everybody looks really cool <laughs> they yeah. look they look really neat i mean it's it's you can tell there's there's a lot of strong design elements in the show
4: yeah uh, i mean that oh, yeah. and like was a journey smollett who plays letitia man she can run like a gazelle <laughs> <laughs> and she does in like what two or three episodes when she yeah. starts running it's like holy crap look at that yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she, I'm, she I'm must like have Bob. some kind of sporting background in her in her or something, but
2: Yeah, I'm I'm like Bob. I didn't really get into Lovecraft as as I was uh growing up. It was later in life. Um God, what was that movie? Will played it at Thrillville. It what, was
0: Re-animator?
2: The, Reanimator? Reanimator. Oh yes. That that that's that's quite a film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But um, after watching the series, you know, I was aware of Lovecraft and, and his history and some of the controversy. Uh, yeah. Bold moves going into this story and tackling, you know, the the racism, uh, you know, the dark underbelly of of our uh, past as a nation. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the entire cast are predominantly uh, was African-American uh, mm-hmm. actors. You know, you had a couple of. Um, white people here and there with the cult, and um, the Korean story was a uh, even that oh, was an interesting I, story.
0: I really. loved that episode. Yeah. yeah, that was it was oh, so yeah. magical. That was and all. That
4: was almost like a hundred eighty degree turn right in the middle of the series, and you're wondering what right. the heck is going on now. And then you know they bring it all back into the main story, but
0: and it it, it brought a lot of um, needed depth to Atticus, too, yes. I think, mm-hmm. because you understood what happened to him in the Korean War and the things he had had to do right. that right. had really damaged him as a person.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And, and you know, it's one thing to be on the receiving end. It's another thing to be the one dealing the racism or the punishment or doing the act That is abhorrent or, you know, um, questionable.
4: Well, I mean, the the interesting um, thing about Atticus, though, is, uh, you know, he's used to he's in that era. He's used to being discriminated against. But then when he finds out his father is gay, he's like suddenly complete turn. You know, he's ready to do the same thing to him.
3: Mm hmm.
2: Right. Well, exactly right. Um, you know, and in and, and that, there were just so many layers to this story and to these characters. You know, my one regret is that Uncle George buys it so early on in the series. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. I really yeah. liked Uncle yeah, yeah.
2: George. Um, the, this bold man who would drive, you know, across country during this era of, of just abhorrently... Well, racist.
0: lynchings and yeah, right.
2: everything I mean, else just risking to to give safe passage you know from right.
1: one one town to another right. we well, published the, the the safe the safe negro travel guide yes
2: right. mm-hmm.
1: yeah these are places and, you can go these are places you can't go
2: yeah 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 and you know we were talking before the show it's like First episode or maybe the second episode where they're in the forest and it's at night and, you know, you got the white southern sheriff, you know, and he's like, do you run from the sheriff
1: or do you run from the monsters exactly. that are falling from the trees? Like, what's the lesser <laughs> of the two? Right. Yeah. They're just as dangerous as the monsters. Yeah. And that yeah. that to me is the, the thing that really sets this show apart is that it lays the, the horror and the terror that blacks felt in Jim Crow, 1950s, I mean, just existing in, in many parts of this country over the, the horror of the, the, the monsters and the, the general sinister nature of the story that's going on. It's just, it add, the, the racism adds another level of horror that these characters have to deal with, which gives them really no safe harbor.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And it makes it it, it it makes the show feel almost claustrophobic in that the only place most of these characters can run for safety is to be with other be with other blacks or be with the family or be that's the only place because they're not going to get it from they're not going to seek justice from the police safety from the police. They're not going to say find uh, safety or justice in white neighborhoods. They're not going to find it anywhere within this story during that time. And it just makes the it makes the the just the horror of their situation that much more acute.
4: Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. you, you usually feel safe at home. But even yeah. when they're at home, their home's getting shot up and torched right. and, you know, mm-hmm. lynched and whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, there's literally nowhere to run. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And very much like, you know, the the way Rod Serling tackled social issues Uh, of the day using speculative fiction and science fiction and horror and things like that. This this entire series very much, very much did that about the entire racial racial situation in the United States.
4: Yeah, I think I think Twilight Zone would do it metaphorically. Whereas this does it head on. Yeah, there's no metaphors here. It's like, this is what it was like. Well, it does it both ways. It
1: does. It does it both ways. Like um, Uh the scenes where uh, Ruby uses magic to transform into into a white woman. Right. Uh That's very metaphor. And her sense of release and her sense of realizing, wow, this is what it's like to be to walk down the street and and not be looked looked down on, not to be looked at as less than, and to get a job that mm-hmm. she was perfectly qualified to do as right. a black woman, but now mm-hmm. she's got it because she's white. And uh, it, it, it does both, really. It lays it bare on on a level, but then also there are these uh, metaphorical and often very gory and horrific mm-hmm. set pieces <laughs> that really encapsulate the, the, the feeling of... Uh, of the effects of racism.
2: Yeah. You know, Lord blood raw. I, I know some of those scenes were, were some of the best, oh. um, but her shedding the, the skin after the, <laughs> uh, you know, wow. the, it's like Cinderella slippers, you know, you hit the, but what was interesting too, is she found herself is that the more that she was in the skin of a white lady, she found herself kind of looking down on some of the African American people who, you know she would otherwise work with if it were not the case
1: yeah it's been a while since i've seen the show so but i'm trying to remember but yeah that that seems right yeah now is that a comment on the natural effect of privilege even the temporary privilege she felt uh, while being all so possibly
2: yeah yeah. And, you know, the flip side of it is, yeah, she could walk down the street. The police wouldn't question why she's walking down the street. Right. Um, it, you know, she'd walk into, you know, work and there were no looks, no stares. No. You know, I have a, a good many friends, um, co-workers and, and close personal friends. And, and they'll tell me, you, you just don't know. Walking in, you know, certain neighborhoods or back in the 60s, you know, this is how. You know, it would be going to something as simple as dinner, you know, and it, it just this series really told that story. I think it, 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 as well as all the, the gore like, and the monsters and stuff. Right. But to me, it was just it, it, it when when you watch something, in my opinion, and it makes you feel uncomfortable. That's a good story. Right, because you're you're finding out stuff, or you're watching things that you know shouldn't be that way. It it yeah. shouldn't it, you know should not have happened, right? But it did,
3: right?
2: And um, you know the other not to go down too far in uh, you know the series, but what was the name of the the cult that they had? Like the Adams,
0: the Son of Adam, the son of Sons Adam. of Adam,
2: right. yeah. At the Artem Lodge. And that was, yes. like, second or third episode where they, they're they brought into this, like, cult, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and the story is shared where he's of a bloodline, right? Mm-hmm. And um, things just continue to get freaky deaky and, and spiral
1: out <laughs> of control. Right, exactly. It's just...
2: Um, and then, like I said before, unfortunately, Uncle George didn't make it. Um, right. He passed away. And so then they have to bring Uncle George back home. And um, it was his aunt then that took on that role. Right. Of continuing what her husband was doing and driving cross country. What did you guys think? I mean, just oh, overall, the whole thing with the. Uh, with the uh, the cult and uh, what was the guy's name? His name was um, Titus. Titus. Titus Brathwaite. Uh, right. That was yeah. yeah that, that was a great name. Good actor too. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. What was the name of the character in um, Game of Thrones? That little sh- prince. Um, oh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that Tyrion? that kid is- Tyrion is such a good actor because the world hated that character.
0: Oh, no, you're talking about the uh, prince. Uh, the,
2: the way you just hurt people. Anyway, yeah. enough about uh, Game of Thrones. But Titus and then his children. It was it was the daughter and the son, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there was Christina, which is interesting. In the book, Christina is Caleb. There is no female. Huh. There's no daughter. They oh. they changed the gender from well, the book. Yeah. Uh, there so too,
1: there's a big reveal at one point.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think with <laughs> yeah. I think with Christina, uh, you know, she was frustrated because she could not be heir to all this magical knowledge and power. And I think they were exploring some concepts and, uh, you know gender differences, and especially, yeah. uh, you know, back in the 50s, uh, 60s, and so forth, you know, women were also repressed in a lot of ways. Right. So right. Uh, that probably was the reason for that change.
1: Yeah, in a broader sense, it is really more about just the general intolerance. It obviously the heavy emphasis on racism but also uh-huh. sexism and also homophobia when it's when it's revealed that uh Tick's father is gay like you say he he turns away from him but there's an an incredible scene where uh Montrose is the father's name walks into a gay bar and he looks around and he sees right these fellow gay men happy laughing dancing and he starts to relax you can see and this this character was up until now very stern very hard very uh an an alcoholic a a very not not a very likable guy you can see Mm -hmm. all that kind of melt away and he just kind of relaxes into this happiness
4: well i think you know back then it's not as prevalent he probably felt isolated
1: oh yeah oh
4: absolutely i'm gay but i'm not that gay you know, I'm just like you know, <laughs> I'm I'm a regular guy. That just happens to right. guys. But, you know, he doesn't. Well, he can't like let himself go until he goes in the bar and realizes there are other people like me that you know that right, I can yeah. share with. And yeah, and suddenly he definitely loosens up and everything changes at that point. Right. But then it's yeah, after that saying. that uh, that uh, Atticus finds out and right. pops the gasket. Right. Well, like we, his, go ahead.
0: Sorry. I was going to say, we also see, and I think it's the next to last episode, when they travel back in time, we see how his father treated him, how Montrose's father right. treated him. And and he actually turns out to be almost a carbon copy of his father right. in that he's yep. very abusive. You know, uh, Montrose's father is abusive towards him and, and denigrates him and everything else. And then Montrose turns around and, you know, he treated Tick very badly, uh, mm-hmm. all the time, and and I think there was a lot of internalized homophobia for for Montrose, obviously, and 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 you know we hear that, um, especially for Black gay men, there's a lot of pressure on them, much more so than in the the white gay community. That you know you're not supposed to be gay, that's wrong, and blah blah blah. So they brought all that forward in this, and and he, this was another character who was not gay in the book. So I think like you were oh, saying you know they they wanted to show the racism sexism and and uh you know homophobia right uh, for the time period do, do you know when that book was written
1: 2016 oh okay so fairly recently okay. it's fairly recent yeah. yeah yeah interesting okay okay yeah so yeah so it's, it's interesting they um they modified a lot of these characters to examine the wider question of, of mm-hmm. general intolerance as well
4: so in the book
1: yeah.
4: is it mainly just racism that they're touching on
0: yeah I, like I would the say focus? primarily the, the focus is on the racism of the time um, and it's not the uh, the monstrous and magical elements are not as overt mm. they're referred to but like you don't see the reader, doesn't see the monsters and things as overtly. That's why the first episode I was shocked when they had like the uh, I don't know, Shoggoths or whatever they were burst mm-hmm. out and start attacking them. It was like, oh well, this is different. <laughs> it was more left to the imagination. Oh, well did the
4: author of the book, did he have anything to do with the series? Was he a writer or a producer or anything or did they just take uh, the book and run with it?
0: I I don't know that he was all that involved with it, but I haven't looked at the credits uh, to see. I know I've got he internet
4: movie database open. What, what was the author's name?
0: The author's name is Matt Ruff.
4: Matt Ruff. Go ahead and talk amongst yourselves and I'll take a <laughs> look and see if he's in here.
1: You know, just to quick to double back quickly on something that, that we talked we talked about with uh uh, this show dealing with racism and the situations back in the 1950s during the Jim Crow era I uh-huh. think a lot of people well I don't know a lot of people but I would imagine that many people who watched the show didn't realize that the Tulsa riots that they the Tulsa massacre that they talk uh-huh. about was real uh-huh. that happened a town was massacred mm-hmm. Emmett Till uh, the, uh, the the Emmett Till funeral that they touch on that happens in Chicago that was real that happened and something a little bit more obscure in uh the episode where Letty buys the house to make it like a, a boarding house in this in this white community the house is haunted by these is essentially black ghosts, but they're the subjects of horrible experimentation. Mm-hmm. Body parts sewn together and things like that. There is a case of a madam in New Orleans. Why well, say a madam, not a madam in the prostitute sense? A, <laughs> okay. woman, a woman in New Orleans who did that with her servant. She had basically a torture chamber... quasi medical facility set up in her basement and would do these wild insane ridiculous torturous experiments on them as a matter of fact that was touched on in one of the seasons of american horror story i want to say i
3: remember yeah
1: i think coven yeah that character that uh I believe it was Bates. Who, uh, Kathy. Uh, Kathy Bates played that character in, the, in that season. The name, that's that was a real character. I mean, she actually existed. She actually did those things. Wow. So one of the jaw-dropping moments of the series, especially in that episode, was the baseball player who's like 6'5 or so with the baby head. Oh, Do you remember yeah. that image? Yeah. Oh, God, (laughs) I think I literally, like, gasped when I saw that.
4: So I did look on Internet Movie Database. Yes. There are, like, 22 producers on this thing. Oh. (laughs) And Mark Ruff was not any, or Matt Ruff was not any of them. Oh. There was, like, seven or eight writers, but he was not one of them. It just says based on his novel is all it says.
0: He right. took the money and ran. So, yeah. so
4: I mean, basically, <laughs> you know, they probably bought the story from him and then they
1: yeah. did
4: their own take.
1: Very good. I hope he was well compensated for it. <laughs> so
0: speaking of disturbing images, because, yes, the, mm. the baseball player with the baby head was pretty disturbing.
3: Oh.
0: What are Because I know this, this show disturbed me a lot. Like I said, I had <laughs> stopped halfway and then I. Right came back and watched the rest, and I'm glad I did because it's actually a really interesting show. I just have a low tolerance for gore. Um, What do you guys, like you were saying, uh, Lord Bloodra, this is a very visceral show, and it leaves you with a lot of images. What are some of the images that stand out for you guys?
1: Uh, Well, yeah, like I said, for me, it was the first time that uh, Ruby... Uh, sheds her skin to become a white woman, and then transforms back. Just, just that scene. Well, there, there's one scene where she's having sex. Yes, and it happens in the middle of sex.
0: That was, yeah. oh, that was tough. And
1: that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those visual.
4: Uh, and
0: they just of, kept going.
4: And they yeah. just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, I probably yeah. would not but, have sex the rest of my life after that.
1: but doesn't she later say i i i wanted to have sex with you in my own body later that i couldn't keep up this facade anymore it had to be in my own body or my imagining it's been a while since i've seen seen the episode but that in it's that was an incredible visual moment to me and another one that is not gory at all but is equally striking was again Montrose his kind of at least coming out to himself in that gay bar there was no no blood or or flesh involved but the, this him dancing by himself in this gay club and finally smiling you never see that character smile up until that <laughs> point and it's one of the few times that you do I think after that you don't see it very much but he re he, he kind of be- finally becomes comfortable in his own skin at yeah. that moment. And that, that was, that was very visceral, visceral. And, um, well, I get where we've announced a spoiler alert anyway. Yeah. The last moments where, uh, the, the, the little girl, and I'm forgetting her name, Diana, I think.
4: Yeah. yeah they just call her uh, D, but yeah.
1: Right. T- over, over, um, like the broken body of the daughter of the cult leader. I've forgotten her name.
0: Oh, Christina,
1: Christina over Christina's broken body claims that we, we have now taken magic. That was a powerful moment. It was, it was symbolic of we, we are not asking for as, 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 as black people, we are not a, asking for acceptance anymore. We are not asking for rights. We have now taken the magic. We have it now, accept it or not, but we now we now have that power. That Mm. that's incredible finale for the episode. And we talked earlier about the 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 image of the of the little girl on the on the cover of Uncle Tom's cabin. Very stereotypical uh, young black girl from from the slave era, torn dress, uh, um, wild you know braided hair and, and that kind of thing, and of course being a cartoon, the wide lips. And the they come to life. These twins come to life and menace Diana a couple of episodes before that, chasing her and doing these wild uh, gestures and this wild dance. It's a dance while they're. Menacing her, they're dancing closer and closer to her as they this, pursue. As they pursue her, pursue right. her in this wild kind of, in this yeah, just wild demonic way. That was another very visually. Oh
4: well, yeah, because she's on the right. uh the subway or train tracks or whatever, waiting right. for the train, and they show up, and of course no one else can see them. Right, and she has to like flee through the crowd and try to get away, and yeah. It's very, you know, a lot, like a lot of Japanese horror. They have like the the ghost or the demon will have weird jerky movements yes. and just the creep factor is there. Mm-hmm. This was like the same thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, you just, just watching them, you know, it's like, man, how do they even do those movements? Let alone, you know, they're scary as hell. But right? yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. no, it was... Uh, I thought they, they were very well done.
2: Well, yeah. they're listed here as malevolent malevolent spirits, Topsy and Bopsy.
1: Ah, they gave okay. them names, but they were malevolent spirits. Okay, what was on top of everything else? They have to give them clown names too. To <laughs> <it>.
0: Double whammy. <laughs> yeah. The the interesting thing to me about that segment, which was really terrifying, is it took one of the most interesting parts in the book and um, changed it around quite a bit, uh, but still was really super effective. In the book, there was a a little doll chasing the character,
3: um,
0: which, you know, would have been creepy, I think, but maybe kind of hard to do effectively on screen. I mean, you would have had to CGI it probably to do it, and that would have been expensive.
2: Karen, was it a Zuni
1: <laughs> <Pathetic? No>. <laughs> <laughs> I, thinking, the same thing. I thinking of the same thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think the choice they made actually is even more effective because it was about her be- maybe becoming these things too. Right. And, you know, a very sort of degraded version of herself. Right. Um, so well, again, it was sort of that that horror, not only of this thing that's after you, but this thing transforming you
3: mm-hmm.
0: so uh again yeah not an interesting and and really good choice on the part of the the film the uh sorry the showmakers well
4: right. another and thing too is demons, like oh good sorry as they you have images of them just standing on the street like a couple normal kids until they turn around and you see the face and then they start doing the movements
3: right
4: so there's a, a couple scenes like that where you know Dee's walking down the street she sees a couple kids and it's suddenly them, you know, and the terror yeah. starts again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, these uh, victimizing a young, modern, as of the time period of the story, black girl with these images of racist representations of young black girls of mm-hmm. the past and turning those into the monster that is coming after her to possess her is... Brilliant stroke. I mean, yeah. 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 Yeah, and talk you talk about uh, uh you know, metaphorical attack. Fantastic.
4: Well, I mean they I even they even come off the cover of Uncle Tom's yes. Cabin, the book. Right? Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, we kind of talked a little bit before recording about it, but I think that's maybe one of the the differences between the book and the the show. The book and again, nothing against the author, but a white author is going to have a very different perspective on these things than the black showrunners. And, and it shows out in the choices that were made for the show.
2: Indeed. I think uh, another moment where I kind of felt uncomfortable was when, you know, Letty has the house and then all the cops show up. And it, it's like, had, had again, those forest monsters, I forget what the demons are called, not showed up. Who knows what the police would have done, you oh, know, yeah. and it, oh, right. it's that thing. Who is the monster? They they kind of do that with Walking Dead, too. It's like, are we afraid of the zombies or are we afraid of Negan? You know, who's scarier, humans or monsters? Right. And and they carry this through um, Lovecraft country from beginning to end.
4: Well, I think if you look at like the, the walkers or you look at the monsters – they're pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. You know what they're going to do. They're going to chase you down. They're going to try to eat you. Humans, you have no idea. They're batshit crazy. So yeah. you have no That's idea what they're going to do. They can That's come a good at you point. at any. Yeah, the
1: monsters. The monsters right. are just going to eat you. <laughs> so you know that danger.
4: I mean, you, <laughs> you see some. Yeah. You see somebody on the street, and hey, they may treat you with respect, or they may hate you. You don't know until you encounter them. Right, it's man. not like, oh, there's a monster I'm going to run.
2: Right. Yes. You know, that's interesting. Um, and not to jump around to too many different uh, series. There was this Korean show we watched on Netflix, Jasmine and I, and it's about monsters. Uh, it's not Home Alone, she.
4: Home Alone. <laughs> home, Alone. <laughs> home Alone, yes. I was <laughs> yeah. monsters well, everywhere. I Trump but, in it. Um...
2: <laughs> no, no. It, it's Home uh... – anyway um, – some of the monsters are bad monsters and some of the monsters are helpful i won't say good Mm. but helpful monsters but the humans are just terrible i mean you know (laughs) you you can't trust them and it was just an interesting thing this this one monster was cradling this child and like protecting it and the people like freak out oh my god it's a monster and they burn it and and kill it and the kid's crying you know and i'm like oh my god cool um what was right because it it, so when they have the shootout in the house in lovecraft country and that beast comes up from from under the ground and it has like you know 20 eyes and i'm like it's gonna eat them but instead it goes after the cops you know you're like
4: right yeah yeah well i mean to answer your question if the monsters didn't come they would have just kept shooting up the house until everyone was dead i mean they were out to kill
0: Burned right. it
4: down yeah well what i will you,
2: say oh go ahead walker
0: oh i was just gonna say what did you guys think of the episode where hippolyta discovers the i don't know it's like a multiverse machine or whatever the gate yeah and she goes off and she at one point she's um oh gosh who does she uh the famous dancer i forget who she
2: um, yeah the french um
0: yeah, I should have done my research. But she goes off and lives that life. She goes off and she's a warrior and then she's like in a science fiction kind of realm mm-hmm. and she has all these lives. Um, I thought that was pretty remarkable, pretty interesting. And then, of course, she comes back with all this knowledge and awareness.
2: Right. Well, right. In, in her life on Earth in that present time, she would not been, have had the opportunity to, been ex- to have been exposed to all that insight, all that experience. Right. all that knowledge right. And you see when she came back, she is this enlightened mm-hmm. strong right. woman who you know picks up the reins and, and drives things forward. I, I thought that was brilliant. I, I really loved that that segment.
4: Well right. she kind of right. she kind of started off. she just wanted to dance on stage in Paris that's what right. she wanted yeah. and then that right. yeah led to everything else and on and on and yeah
1: right yeah yeah when she's kind of sick of that uh, achieving that's like oh there's more and then that's when her imagination right. takes off right. and takes well, her to these worlds and these lives right. well, yeah. it's going to make you happy I want to dance the can can in France I've always wanted to be
2: God, and her name is so close It's not Olivia, but anyway, I want to go dance with so-and-so. And And then you do that for a number of years, and you know what? It didn't really make me happy. Okay, let's go do this. Oh, now that was kind of fulfilling. I kind of lived like a Conan kind of (laughs) out in the plains of Africa. And, you know, um, that was was very, very good. Um, Oh, yeah. Another segment I really, really enjoyed was um, going back to South Korea. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the whole thing with the the nurse who's a spy and, you know, it's a communist spy. And um, he he ends up killing her. Mm. And, you know, he he was following orders. Yet he falls in (laughs) love with her best friend who happens to be a monster. But. um,
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that was very that was very like. Japanese ghost story ish, too.
2: Oh, yeah.
4: You know, with mm-hmm. the, all the tales that were coming out of her and, and all that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the it seemed like promised. a kind of a throwaway episode just to show his background until she shows up, mm-hmm. you know, to be a big part of the last few episodes. Right.
0: I think it, it was important in kind of helping us understand a little more about him, about Atticus uh-huh. and where he came from. Because there, although he was, you know, he was our main character, there was a lot to him that felt sort of, I don't know, blank. There were blank spaces that I wanted to know more about, you know. So understanding that he had been in war, everybody was like, oh, you're a hero, you're a war hero. Well, the war hero you know did some really unpleasant things right you know uh, so understanding that he had gone over there and he had done a lot of really nasty things and he knew it and he felt it inside and he was suffering oh, yeah. for it
1: oh yeah you know yeah that
0: was that was you know important to understand about his character
1: right yeah that gave him a really interesting backstory and you can understand a lot of his a lot more about the character, a lot more about the man after that episode.
4: Mm-hmm. at the Lord beginning of the series, wrong. I mean, he comes back from the army, yeah and you know supposedly, I guess on leave, but then he doesn't want to go back. I and mean, you don't really know why he didn't want to go back until, yeah, you know that yeah, episode right, came right. up and you saw what actually happened to him back in Korea right.
2: Well, he fell in love with the what is it? The nine tailed fox, that spirit that possessed her. Yeah. Well, they fell in love with each other. And, you know, they, they get into this argument and she has the intent that, well, I'm, I'm going to let the foxtails do their thing and kill him. But they don't. And instead, she has a premonition or a vision that if he goes back home, he will die. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And she shares that with him. Mm-hmm. so it's interesting then that he is pursuing this whole cult thing and trying to figure out you know what's going on does he not believe the premonition does i uh, i don't yeah, we keep on watching
4: well i think he does because he seems like he's very willing to sacrifice himself
3: mm-hmm.
4: to save everyone because he probably figures oh, i'm gonna die anyway so i might as well you know Sacrifice myself here, huh?
1: Right. Yeah, I uh, I I agree with that. I think he he knows from that point on that his life is forfeit, but he's gonna he's gonna try to you know help everybody around him and make sure they're safe and they're okay and by sacrificing himself. Yeah. And do you
2: think he's trying to atone for the execution that he committed in South Sac- Korea?
0: That, that yeah. can
1: very well be part that, of it. that's yeah. part of his.
0: I think that's uh, part of it. That he had to do a lot of things, probably, mm-hmm. that he feels right. guilty over.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
0: You know what I, I thought was also really cool is that just as we have this Braith White family and they have their magical lineage and all this other stuff, we really see towards the end of the series, too, you know, Atticus and Letty, especially going back in time, You know, they have their ancestors who are helping them succeed in their efforts against the Whites. you know, and they're in sort of this realm. I'm not sure. I don't think it's really the past, but they're in this other place, especially when they're trying to save um, Diana. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And we see, you know, I think the great grandmother and then Atticus's mother and they're helping them with incantations and things like that. Mm. And it's just kind of cool to see like it's almost like these dueling families, you know, mm. uh, these two sides. And uh, that was really neat to see. OK, they've got a lineage, too. They were unaware of this lineage but now they're discovering it. And I think that kind of parallels a lot of the black experience too, that, you know, people were ripped away from their homes and brought, yeah. they were forcibly brought to America. They didn't know who they were and then discovering roots and things like that. There's a kind of a parallel there.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah,
4: It was absolutely. also when they go back to 1921 20, and everything kind of ties together because when Montrose and his his friend or well, I guess it was George
2: it was George yeah, yeah they get attacked
4: and through the whole series they're telling the story about you know when we were kids and you know this guy came and saved us and he was swinging the yeah. bat like right. like Jackie Robinson and right. so they're Atticus and um, Montrose are like standing in the alleyway waiting for this guy to show up and then Atticus realizes there's the bat at his feet he's he was right. him you know yeah you yeah.
0: know
3: and he's well, the guy it telling the the story paradox yeah. mm-hmm. it's
0: what was it, Obama? We're the ones we've been waiting for. So...
3: Ah, yes, yeah, absolutely right.
0: There you go. He's, sometimes you got to step in. But yeah, the paradox, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you think you're going
4: back in time and this is your new idea and you're going to change things. And you find out that, no, I was meant to go back in time and meant to be here right. at this point and do these things. So it's almost like, you know, it's it's almost kind of makes you question the whole time travel thing like if I go back in time and I change something and I come back everything's going to be different but it's already happened so if you had gone back in time you already did that and the changes already happened so you're not affecting anything you're just perpetuating the circle or whatever right well
1: now we need- according, according to Star Trek you go back and change yeah. something it just launches a new timeline <laughs> you're just <laughs> launching timelines left right. and right
4: well that's, we like, the, a, that's like the MCU also Hulk. right Yes. <laughs> so. What do you
0: mean? Star Trek was what? wrong. Back to the Future was wrong. What? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, what? It, it, you know, Take you. Take your pick on uh, time travel theories. Yeah.
4: Well, that's what always cracks me up when people like to say, you know, oh, they did time travel wrong in this movie. It's like, well, have you ever? T- have you ever time <laughs> yeah. traveled? Have you ever done that before? How do you know. How do you know? Yeah. That's... How do you know it's going to affect anything or change anything or what the laws of time travel right. are unless you've done it you know right
2: well Thank my close personal travel. friend my close personal friend Hiro Nakamura told me so yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. well I chose option a for time travel so that I will not affect this timeline if I chose an option b we would all be working for apes so yeah right <laughs> <laughs> that
4: may still happen though <laughs> the way
0: things are going.
1: In the way things are going, yeah. Yeah, hey, this virus is mutating. <laughs> uh,
0: just saying. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah if uh, if, if, uh, if a chip gets it and starts doing math, we're all in trouble. <laughs> well, I mean,
4: the virus may be the end of man, and then who takes over? Yeah, exactly. The cockroach is ruling. No, I, rule I was going to
0: say the cockroach, yeah. They'll always be here. That's for They'll sure. They'll
2: always be here. Yes. Indeed.
0: Uh, what are they going to do? I, I guess there's going to be a season two.
2: That is what I hear. Oh, oh. I so I was going to ask you, Karen, is there anything in the book that would lend <laughs> itself to a season two or did they blow? Uh,
0: they pretty much blew everything up in the show. And I don't oh. know. They're, they're very different endings uh, for the book and the, the show. I can't imagine anything that was left in the book to explore. So they could could do
4: like an X-File show with Atticus and Letitia.
1: That would be cool.
0: It's like, I I don't know who's left to be the, well, I guess
1: Diane D right. D yeah. D right.
0: They can go forward and backward in time. I don't know who the enemy, the enemy is now. I mean, there's plenty of non-magical enemies still, obviously. Yeah. But, but there's no magical enemy because they've taken they've magic taken away from the the uh, white supremacists. So
1: right. unless
2: well, this there's was, some form of time travel involved that they undo, but that would be such a cheat. I, I'd hate if they did that.
1: Well, this was set in the 50s, so maybe they're just going to go on into the civil rights era of the, of the 60s. Oh, yeah, That's That's true. Yeah. Time jump. Time jump. Yeah, well, D D's gotta grow up, right? So, right. Yeah, she's. It's gonna be
0: interesting how they explain her robot arm. Though <laughs> maybe they Oh, can... I for, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. That's yeah. right. Bionic we'll see arm. if they can yeah. hide yeah. that or something.
2: She has been to the future.
4: <laughs> Just long sleeves and a glove. Yeah, <laughs> Luke pretty does much.
1: It. Yeah, I was in a fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: well any last minute thoughts or comments on uh on on lovecraft country my friends
1: i'm i'm surprised they're doing a season two quite frankly i i hadn't heard up until you just saying it that they're doing a season two i hope it's as good as this i, I hope, hope they so can too. i hope yeah. it's just as imaginatively uh shot and imaginatively written and uh you know one one thought I had after watching this series, semi unrelated, Jordan Peele of course was one of the producers, one of the apparently many producers uh-huh. on this show. <laughs> one 22. of my one of my fantasy projects is for him to produce and direct. It would be wonderful a remake of Blackula. Oh, <laughs> just could you imagine what he could do with with the story of Mama Walde?
4: From
2: blackula. Be, all. all right that, but who do you
0: not, cast not, as blackula i was
1: gonna
2: say not to put you on the spot idris alba.
4: oh there you go
2: idris alba
3: whoa
2: idris alba you know anytime yeah. i can i can come up with casting uh i would cast him as reed richards in the fantastic four i'd, I'd cast oh. him in, in blackula i'm totally in love with um
0: see your new man crush larry
2: <laughs> he, he is Denzel and not new I, I've always loved Denzel he is an actor's actor he and Tom Hanks are my two favorite actors I, I would throw Denzel in there
1: I mean I, I would cast Idris Elba our luck it would be Will Smith
4: huh. <laughs> <laughs> well see you can you can have Denzel as Blackula and then have Tom Hanks as like a Van Helsing type character <laughs> oh and then
0: larry would be in heaven
2: yeah, yeah i would I, <laughs> I i'd be in hog heaven just
0: just set the man down with a big tub of popcorn and he'd be the happiest man alive
1: uh, i'll you tell you know the truth i kind of i kind of envision it as a revenge tale against dracula that Because dracula be cool. cursed him
0: Right.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I pictured as a revenge tale. Anyway, I'm going to go away and write the screenplay. I may have to
4: go watch that. (laughs) I've got the midnight movie disc of, of Blackula and Scream Blackula Scream. So I need. I may have to have a double feature pretty soon.
1: It's been playing almost nonstop on Showbiz. Is it (laughs) on (laughs) Showbiz Voices, which is has a lot of a lot of black films on it in 60s. (laughs) exploitation films and stuff it's been playing yeah. almost non-stop on there which is what kind of gave me the idea it's like oh i haven't seen this in a while well if you go wow. to
4: if this you go easy. to airy tv they oh, actually yes. have a black exploitation channel and they show all those yeah. kind of movies yeah
2: i took uh, a yeah.
1: look at Airy, but it looks it looks fantastic
2: i've so. watched, watched it i had played it we watched it uh over the christmas no it was thanksgiving um jasmine had never seen it and and it's it, it i love when films still work from the 50s 60s 70s whether it's mm-hmm. vincent price or or alfred Hitchcock, hitchcock's the birds we watched that recently and she got it and she you know I was like loved that it's like oh is there another i'm like yeah there is there's a sequel Oh, okay is there another no they didn't do another one after that <laughs> just two of them well, Lord Bloodraw might get his wish, and we'll have reenactment. Uh... Well,
4: if you, need, if you need, if you need to borrow *Scream* Blackula *Scream*, let me know. Uh,
1: ah, yeah. uh, uh, Walde, cursed of Dracula, or something like that. There you go. Where Dracula gets his comeuppance.
0: But then I always, <laughs> I, then I always think of the ultimate computer. You are great. I am great. <laughs>
4: Oh yeah, M five. Yes, yes, yes.
1: He's
0: towering over William Shatner. He looks like he's two Uh, feet taller than Shatner.
4: That's
1: right. I think he was. Uh, And of course, the king of cartoons.
3: Yeah, king of
1: cartoons. That's right.
4: (laughs)
2: Oh gosh. Well, it is that point in our podcast. Don't get me wrong. We could go all day with you, Lord Blood Raw. Oh, uh, but it is our, our time in our podcast for our sensor sweep as Lord Blood Raw is here. We're going to uh, uh, listen in and, and see what all Lord Blood Raw has coming up for us. Uh, Lord Blood Raw, take it away.
1: Well, of course, with all the ongoing craziness, there are no live shows in the foreseeable future. Mm. Hopefully that will change soon. Uh, we've got Creatures Con planned for August, Sunday, August 8th at the Crown Plaza in Concord. Uh, and this is a celebration of 90 years of the Universal Monsters. This is the 90th anniversary of uh, the release of Dracula and Frankenstein, which kicked off the entire Universal cycle. Uh, David J. Scow, who did a lot of the audio commentary for the, uh, for the VHS and DVD releases of the classics is going to be our special guest. Oh, that's there at the convention, assuming it happens. I'm feeling very confident about it. We're talking about August, but you know, there are a lot of twists and turns. So who knows? I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's going to be happening. Season 11 goes into production very shortly uh the best thing to do is go to lordbloodraw.com to check out where you can uh see the show there are various tv stations and streaming opportunities to uh check that out and very soon i'm going to be coming to patreon with another weekly show that you will be able to get only through patreon Mm -hmm. and uh, i'm going to be making that announcement hopefully uh Hopefully, fairly soon, but it'll be an exclusive Patreon uh, TV show, a weekly TV show coming to uh, Patreon. So, be on the lookout for for that. That is awesome!
3: Exciting!
4: All right, well, we got a lot we, of good uh, things to look forward to. Why don't we tease the next episode of Planet Eight while we're at it?
2: Well, <laughs> Chief, uh, if, since since you uh, want us to go ahead, and we're going to be. Talking about Star Trek Discovery, and guess who's gonna join us again? <laughs> <laughs> Lord Blood you, you didn't realize this, but you're about to get kidnapped and, and you're gonna stay on Planet Eight for another episode.
1: Hey, I'm I'm all for it. I am I'm all for it. I'll I'll talk uh, mostly any science fiction, horror, anything like that, especially Star Trek, especially. Especially the newer uh, incarnations of Star Trek. Sounds great. I'm into All it. right. Well, Blue you know, Lord, some Lord
4: people... Bloodra is like the uh, fifth beetle of Planet 8. <laughs>
0: <laughs> true, true.
1: Thanks. Very Paul. true.
2: Very true. <laughs> well, look, some people call Discovery newer Star Trek. Some people call it Star Trek light. You'll have to tune in to next episode, kids, to see which one of
1: us think what.
0: Oh boy, just setting it up, aren't you? You can't help yourself, Larry. Put it on the yeah, tee. <laughs> there, yeah,
1: yeah there, there's controversy with the new with the new Star Trek. Definitely, yeah, yeah. there is indeed. There is indeed. Uh,
2: you'll also find out who my other man crush is uh, next episode.
0: <laughs> Planet Eight Tiger Beat coming up next. That's right.
1: <laughs> we all uh, know it's Yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on Larry on,
2: on that note uh, you guys <laughs> thank you for tuning in thank you for for following us um, uh, be sure to check out Lord Blood Raw online um, I, I'm looking forward to that Patreon announcement so um, do yourself a favor follow Lord Blood Raw on Twitter Facebook uh, webpage uh, please continue to follow us planet8podcast.com and over on our YouTube channel as soon as we get our subscription up to I think it's 100 we're going to be able to do a lot more with our YouTube uh, channel but uh, thank you guys for following us stay safe on that note this will conclude this transmission from planet8 we would like to thank all of our intergalactic audience for listening. Be sure to head on over to our website at wwwplanet where you can get more information on this episode's topic.
0: For more conversation, find us on Twitter at Planet8Cast.
4: Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash planet8podcast.
2: We want to thank you guys for tuning in each and every episode. We look forward to your input and opinions. Until next time, this is Planet 8, signing off. End transmission. By George, he's got it! It is the end!